Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, June 3rd, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen. Looking forward to breaking down this two-game NBA DFS slate for you. And coming off another big night, Coach was really rolling. Uh, 370 on the main slate on FanDuel, over 350 on the after-hours slate. Destroyed it on Yahoo. So uh, he's all fired up and he's going to continue his hot streak tomorrow through the weekend. He's got today off, as usual, on Thursdays. So I've got you covered for the two-game slate. I, I do like these uh, s smaller slates, and I think there's a pretty clear strategy that I'd like to work through here favoring that first game. Uh, so that's what we'll do. We'll try to build some winning core lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings. We also provide that Yahoo lineup for our members. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, we are going to have a trivia question today. Um, not one of those traditional trivia questions, just a, hey, are you aware of the comparative pace between Portland and the Lakers? So what is the team ranking in pace? Um, I'll get to that towards the end of the show. But game one is Denver and Portland, and we've got the same context here for both games. The road team is up 3-2. So Denver looking to close it out in Portland after that amazing double overtime game on Tuesday. Uh, this one's going to tip off at 8 o'clock. And then, of course, we have the night game at 10.30 where Phoenix is up 3-2 on the road trying to close it out in L.A. after a much different game on Tuesday, a 30-point low-scoring blowout. Um, so let's get with the Denver-Portland scenario first and the three things we like in this game great offenses on both sides denver seventh in efficiency portland number four and portland's defense has been bad all year they've been a little bit better lately but you know compared to these other playoff teams they are definitely a step behind uh injury wise barton and dozier are still out there was some talk of maybe barton getting out there for game six but now it's looking like only if there's a game seven, he could potentially make it back out on the court for that one. Everybody ready to go on the Portland side. Question is, both of these teams played huge minutes in that double overtime game. So what do they have left in the tank? Well, again, this is all about context and comparing to the other options on, on a slate. And I do much prefer this, this game. 227.5 total. Portland favored by five on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. And just to touch on it, 207 total in that second game where the Lakers are favored by two. So my thought here is on DraftKings, let's stack this game and get as much exposure to it as we can. Um, this was one of those days, and I know you'll all, you'll all have the same experience where I stacked up Denver and Portland the way I wanted to. There was one spot left. And it was a player in mind I had from the second game. And I went to uh, check on his price to, to plug him in, hopefully. And I missed it by 100 He was $100 too much. So back to the drawing board. But we've all had those experiences where you either miss it by 100 or you get it by 100 And when you get it uh, down to the dollar, uh, that's when you load up and uh, you have, have the big nights. But I'm still very optimistic about uh, the build here today and the approach where we feature game one. Now, let's start with the visitors, as we usually do, and let's start with the guards. That was a major factor in the last slate where Mr. Campazzo 
was nowhere to be seen at the end of that game. Monte Morris just took over, played 41 minutes, went for 28-3-5. So I'm going to project him to do the same thing today, 28-3-5 off the bench. Or we might scale it back just a little bit since that was a double overtime game. But the trend where he played 20 more minutes than Compazzo is a, a big concern if you're interested in Compazzo. And I was in that game. I liked them both. I played them both, actually. But uh, Compazzo uh, just wasn't his night. You know, uh, kind of getting into it with Powell. And uh, uh, they, they stuck with Morris down the stretch. So uh, interesting here what the two sites have done with these guys. On DraftKings, pretty easy decision where Morris is $1,400 cheaper than Compazzo. But what about FanDuel where Compazzo is 500 cheaper? And for me, the way I've been playing with the slate so far in the build on FanDuel, that 500 could come into play. Uh, I, you know, on, on DraftKings, I do think it's an easy decision. I think you go with Morris as a value play. But on FanDuel, I'm going to keep playing with it. Uh, I do think that Compazzo will play better and get more minutes than 21. Uh, but, you know, he's now, if he's not going to get 30 minutes, uh, he's still at a price where it's a little bit more of a, a tough decision. So uh, he's much more on the fringes for me today. Rivers um, got the big minutes, uh, playable for sure. If you look at the forwards, uh, Michael Porter Jr. is a key guy to consider here on this slate. He's right there in the middle tier in terms of pricing. He's a player that has tremendous upside. He has a pretty low floor. Uh, our man Joe Stanton was all over him in Game 5, uh, reading the vibes out there in, in Denver in the media, and he has done so again after Game 5. And given his insight to our group that he thinks Michael Porter Jr. will be aggressive again, um, the key, uh, drawback though, is he did only get 13 shots in 48 minutes. And as Joe Stanton mentioned again to our group, you know, Denver continues to run a lot of pick and roll at the top with either Morris or Compazzo with Jokic. We know that Jokic can initiate the offense from anywhere on the floor. And he does that most possessions, which leaves Michael Porter Jr. as a secondary option. And that's why he only gets a shot every four minutes in a game like that. He was very efficient. He got double-digit rebounds, which is a key reflection of his aggressiveness. So he's definitely playable, but he's a, a key turning point here that I don't think you have to play, but he's certainly in the mix. Gordon, uh, decent overall output, but he needed 39 minutes to get there. So he's still on the outside looking in for me. Jokic, uh, you know, quietly almost had a 38-point triple-double uh, next to Lillard in that in that game. Uh, I think on FanDuel for me, he's probably a lock. On DraftKings, it's, it's more of a question. Um, you know, 10,700. Uh, if you look at some of those recent games where he plays very well but gets 55 fantasy points, that's not the ideal output and return that you're looking for. Um, you know, the volume is important, uh, 55 points, because you feel pretty good about his floor. Uh, but I'm going to keep playing with it. 
on the bench, we've talked about Morris. Uh, Jamichael Green, I think, is a nice value play again today. He's been playing 17 to 21 minutes, uh, chipping in, in in a couple different ways. So I like his price and his profile more so than Millsap, who's been trending down a little bit. And he's actually more expensive on FanDuel. Uh, well, I think it's time for Portland. Let's transition over there. Uh, Lillard deserves to be highlighted here again. Uh, 52 minutes, and he had everything going in his deck. 55, the double nickel. Uh, a little bit different than the double nickel we got from Jordan back in the day, coming back uh, in the garden, because this double nickel included 10 assists and uh, 12 three-pointers like we talked about yesterday. And then, the, again, the thing we have to talk about here is the efficiency. 17 of 24. To take 24 shots and go 55 and 10 is absolutely phenomenal. A game like that could prompt all the statisticians uh, involved in the NBA to rename some of these efficiency stats uh, in honor of Lillard because that is just incredible. Um, and the degree of difficulty on those shots was a 10. So um, what does he come back with? I, I think he'll come ready to go again. I mean, the guy, his mentality is so incredible. Listening to him in the post game, he said exactly what you would have thought if you follow him all these years, that it didn't even matter. He had a masterpiece, uh, a, a game for the ages, and it didn't matter to him because they lost the game. So I, I think he'll be ready to go with the home crowd here looking to do the, the, the very same thing, put the team on his back. Uh, so I, I do like him again here uh, to, to keep it rolling. I do like McCollum uh, with him. Reasonable price tag. Um, and just the way that the slate plays out as, as a two-gamer, uh, I'll have a lot of exposure to McCollum. Powell, uh, 51 minutes, he showed his downside by going... 5 for 14, and only putting up 13 points, no rebounds, and three assists. So he can be scoring dependent, of course. It makes me a little hesitant to pay his price. Covington, uh, pretty solid again. I do like him here. His price on FanDuel is back up where we were talking about uh, the place that it should be, in the 6K range, not in the high 4K range where he was a lock. Uh, so a little bit more expensive uh, there, but playable. And then Nurkic. Um, how about this? He was 13 points and 11 rebounds in 24 minutes. So in a normal game, if it's halfway through the third quarter and that's where he's at, you're happy. He's on a roll. He's, he's trending exactly towards where you want to go. The problem is after that 24th minute, he had picked up his sixth foul. Uh, you can't have that, Mr. Nurkic. We need you out there for 30 minutes plus. And he can pay off that price tag if he stays out of foul trouble. The problem with him is the downside in field goal attempts, a little bit like Michael Porter Jr., but listen to Nurkic's field goal attempts in this series, 10-8-10-8-12. So he's averaging less than 10 per game. Once again, not so much the straight pick and roll at the top of the key, but you do see a lot of that with Portland, but you all you see a lot of one-on-one action with Lillard. You see uh, McCollum uh, doing his magic on the wing. You see Mello uh, posting up or, or initiating a one-on-one a, a -on -one shot, iso ball on the wing. And so Nurkic 
you know, gets left out of the mix there quite a bit. And it's, it's tough to pay up for him with the foul trouble risk, uh, with the low shot attempts, and with Jokic on the slate. But uh, certainly more in the mix for me on DraftKings, where you can play them both. And, uh, you know, he, he's a consideration for sure, because I just don't see him in an elimination game uh, having a dud like that, where he fouls out. I mean, he looked pretty frustrated, uh, maybe not embarrassed, but... Uh, a little uncomfortable on the bench there with all that time left in the fourth quarter having fouled out and not being able to help his team. So I look for Nurkic to rebound, no pun intended, and make himself much more of a factor potentially on this slate. On the bench, uh, Simon's getting all right minutes for a guy with that price, but I don't really trust him uh, at this stage. Mello, more in the mix for me. Uh, got 11 shots up in his 30 minutes. He's still pretty cheap on both sites, so you could go there. Bottom line, a lot of these guys I'm interested in, I will play, and I'm going to primarily stack this game. And we don't need double overtime. Uh, Even if both games are regular regulation finishes, I do think we'll have a better chance of a close finish here and a better better chance of a high-scoring game. All right, before we get to game two, Just want to invite folks to join us as a member if you would like to get our lineups. We give out full lineups every day on FanDuel, uh, two cash lineups, a GPP lineup. We give out the full Yahoo lineup, uh, DraftKings core for cash, and then a core for GPPs, and, of course, the Yahoo lineup. Uh, We do that for every sport, no matter which package you get. The package you get is just for the length of time. So you get a three-day membership for 10 bucks. You get all of our sports for those three days. You pick up a week or a month, every sport. Uh, you, you pick up one of our longer-term memberships, and it goes into the football season. Then you get the football lineups. But our great package right now is that uh, two months for 111, and you get all of our sports. So go to our website for that, dfscoachdoc.com. Sign up today, and then we will invite you into our Discord with an email this afternoon. And we'll give out the lineups about 20 minutes before lock. All right, game two, Phoenix and the Lakers. Uh, Like I mentioned, Phoenix coming off that 30-point blowout. Uh, Man, things are not looking good for the Lakers. We've got AD questionable with that groin. He missed the last one. We've got KCP questionable with the knee. He left early. Um, And their, their backs are up against the wall against a very hungry, tough-minded, defensive Phoenix team. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough situation here. But the Lakers are favored. Uh, Vegas is putting some faith in LeBron and, and the home court scenario. On that Phoenix side, Chris Paul is, has already been ruled in. We know that the shoulder has been a major problem for him. It, it limited him to 23 minutes in Game 5 after it looked like he had been stabbed in the shoulder. And with the, you know, those nerve issues, uh, you know, I can understand why uh, the pain would be pretty significant. Um, And a little bit surprising that he had overcome that and played pretty well in game four, but it caught up with him again in game five. So we'll see if he can go full run. Uh, It was a blowout, so they didn't need him late. Uh, but again, at his price tag, 6,500 on DraftKings. If he plays a full game, 
Uh, I think that's a nice value. Uh, camp campaign waiting in the wings, uh, 5,400 on both sites played while well, while he was out there in game five, only ended up with 19 minutes. Booker stepped up, got to 30 points without Paul being out there as much. He's over 8,000 on both sites though. And, uh, it is a tough matchup. Lakers still number one. And again, overall a lower pace game, but here's the follow-up to the trivia question. The Lakers and Portland are tied 16th in pace, 100.8 possessions per 48 minutes. And we've talked about pace every show all season. So we look at these numbers and we get pretty comfortable with uh, the relative rankings of these teams for pace, uh, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency. But that one had sort of slipped through the cracks cracks for me um, that Portland and the Lakers are exactly even in that category. I mean, we've talked throughout the season about Portland being slower than you would think. Um, and it's just highlighted here with, with this stat uh, because we see Portland, especially in the fourth quarter, they slow it down because Lillard is so tired from carrying the team throughout the uh, the day that they make it into a half-court game and let him uh, do his thing. Uh, and the Lakers do mix in some uh, some transition Offense when they can using that number one defense, and I think that's what helps them overall, because they they certainly play a half court game as well. And these these games have been very low scoring. You know, the only thing we like really out of this matchup is Phoenix's offense. They're fourth in efficiency, but awesome defense on both sides. Lakers with the average pace. Phoenix still very low in the rankings. They're twenty sixth. So again, just not interested in this game uh, overall. And a guy like Booker. He's just not going to get as many uh, possessions as C.J. McCollum, who's a little bit cheaper. We know Booker has the upside, but I think that's going to be a key comparison tonight, Booker versus C.J. McCollum in that shooting guard spot. With the rest of Phoenix, uh, Crowder's a guy that I like here. Uh, you know, He's still around 5,000 on both sites. Didn't do too much in Game 4, uh, but they really didn't need big minutes from, from their guys. Aiton only had 27 minutes, to, you know, a few shots after being uh, very productive uh, before that. So I think both of those guys could bounce back if they're if if needed. Crowder certainly my preference because of that price. Bridges uh, stepped up in game four. Uh, sorry, game five. Uh, got all the stocks, uh, which we know that he can get. Uh, he hasn't been quite as high volume, uh, high usage lately with his tough defensive assignment dealing with LeBron. Uh, but he he's playable, but I do prefer Crowder out of that group. And then with the bench, we talked about uh, campaign Cam Johnson, 13 minutes. He's cheap, but uh, not my favorite option here. And Torrey Craig and, and Frank Kaminsky aren't getting enough minutes, I think, that we can count on to make them a key value play here. All right, over on the Lakers side, what do we know about this starting lineup today? I think the only things we know are that Schroeder and LeBron will be out there. We've got the question mark for KCP. We've got the big question mark for AD. We had Gasol start the second half over Drummond in game five. We had Caruso start the second half over Markeith Morris. So I think it's uh, difficult to predict right now at lunchtime, what the starting five is going to be. I don't think the Lakers even know. 
It will depend on AD. If he's healthy, sure, he'll start. If KCP is healthy, you would think he would start. But those are real question marks. So let's evaluate it. If AD plays, I think it certainly helps the Lakers' chances of keeping it close. So the key guys on both sides become a little bit more interesting. But he takes away from LeBron and some of these other guys that, uh, you know, you might want to look at. So it it's it is a big factor in how the game could play out. But on this particular slate, it's not probably not going to change too much for me since I'm not going to have a ton of exposure to this game. Because even if it stays pretty close, almost every guy here, I prefer the uh, the likely ceiling or the potential ceiling in game one compared to game two. If AD sits, then LeBron is front and center even more. He has to step up. Uh, you got to figure that with the season on the line, he will uh, come up big and do whatever it takes. The problem is he's been a, a facilitator in this series, and the supporting cast is just not championship level. Um, so even if he gives his best effort, it's not going to be easy to pay off that value again, you know, I said it before game five that the, the most fantasy points he'd had in this series was 46. And in a game where AD didn't, didn't play, he didn't even get to 40 fantasy points. And I know it was a blowout, but the point is at 10,600 on FanDuel, is it more likely that he's going to get 65 fantasy points or Jokic at 10,800? I think it's a slam dunk that it's Jokic. Could LeBron do it? Absolutely. Um, but I am leaning towards not playing him on either site, whether AD is in or out. Don't want to get involved with Drummond, uh, because even if he starts, he hasn't been getting more than 24 minutes. Uh, Gasol is a little risky, I think, with minutes, and his price has crept up a little bit. Caruso is playable for me. In 21 minutes in the last game, he didn't do a lot. So it's more of a GPP option. But he is the kind of guy that will step up when the season is on the line and use his aggressiveness to get some rebounds, some steals. And we know that he can score as well and and, uh, be effective in in transition. The bench guys are also a a little bit interesting to me. Kuzma and Taylor Horton Tucker. Those are the X factors for me with the Lakers today. We know that Kuzma steps up in terms of opportunity when AD is out. Uh, He's not very reliable. He can be very scoring dependent, but I I do like the price tag here. And then Taylor Horton Tucker. There have been several games here where he hasn't played. How about game five, though? 16 minutes, he goes 11 points, 11 rebounds off the bench. He's only 3,300 on DraftKings. If I'm Frank Vogel, He's playing for me today. He is going to be in the rotation. I am not going to mess around with Wesley Matthews and hope that he goes two for three on three-pointers and ships in six points during his 15 minutes. I want a guy who's a playmaker. That guy, that guy's a playmaker. He can, he can get you a triple-double. I mean, a double-double in 16 minutes off the bench, uh, that, that's who I want out there. So 
you know, can we count on him? No, I don't think we can. He might not. If, if KCP starts, he might not play. But I think he's worth a look in GPPs. Um, the thing we've been talking about this week with coaches, some of these guys that we've been talking about, oh, man, if we were coaching, they would be out there more, whether it's Gafford. Um, who else has it been this week? Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the other guys. Uh, Maxi yesterday uh, in, in the GPP lineup. These guys are they're so talented and dynamic. They need to be out there. And, you know, you know if the Lakers want to mail it in, and rest up for next year, then fine. Just, you know, run the regular rotation out there with guys like Morris and uh, Wesley Matthews, maybe Ben McLemore, and they'll lose by 15, and that'll be it, and they'll regroup for next year. But if they're going to dig in and try to win this game, I would put Taylor Horton Tucker out there. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's wrap up with a couple things here. We're going to do the regular lineups tonight like we always do maybe a bonus day with some showdown lineups we'll see i'll talk to coach about that uh but in any event we'll have the regular slate for you on uh in our discord last night we added the late night uh, after hours lineups as a bonus and, and those did well thanks to coach's build uh, but we'll have the regular two game slate lineups uh so dfscoachtalk.com if you want to jump in with us and then uh, subscribe to the youtube channel on uh, subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you haven't already. We'd love your support there. We're going to continue to bring these uh, podcasts to you seven days a week in front of the paywall uh, throughout the playoffs, just like we have throughout the entire regular season. So that will do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. On behalf of the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen, and we'll see you tomorrow as we look to crush it in DFS. <laughs>